This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 287 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. 30 under 30. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are the Southern Equine Expo, Road to the Horse, and Equisket. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I am Glenda Geek. And I am Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, good morning, Helena. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're recording this on Thursday morning, and Helena is in the middle of the great nor'easter. So uh, you you okay? Your horse is okay? Everybody okay? Everybody's okay. It's turned to rain here on the coast, on the, the southern New England coast. It's turned to rain. Um, my sump pump is working overtime. And the view outside the studio is lovely. I imagine I'm inside. You're only about a outside. mile from the ocean. I imagine the ocean is churning this morning. It does. That You know, um, every once in a while when a storm comes and I venture down the street to go see what's happening at the beach, I... I'm reminded of how powerful the coast, you know, the ocean at the coast is. Typically, we get a lot of high winds. Um, Knock on wood so far. We've not had a lot of high winds, but um, I think some are expected in this particular storm. So we do get where the rest of New England would get snow. We tend to get half of that because, you know, so much moisture in the air. But we do get high winds. So I have a lot of firewood in and, and we're ready in case the power goes out. Well, this storm is so large that while the the rest of the middle part of the country, up from Georgia and Tennessee and everywhere, we're getting ice storms, and, and Aiken even has a major ice storm. I saw pictures from there this morning with trees down everywhere, so our best to everybody that's been affected. But Virginia, some of my Facebook friends were sticking the ruler in the snow, and it was 18 <laughs> inches of snow there in Virginia. And, and the storm was so large, it, it even, the tail end of it came down through Florida. We, we had thunder, severe thunderstorms, tornado warnings, and all the way down to Sarasota at the southern part of the state where Wendy lives, they had wicked thunderstorms down there. And we had inches of rain and stuff. But that's how large the storm was. Well, it's it's funny because it is quite large. And of course, I'm a radar freak. I track everything by radar. Um, so I noticed how how broad, how expansive the reach of the storm is. Uh, I, however, a good friend of mine, well, an old friend of mine um, on Facebook reported this morning, I thought this, was, this summed it up perfectly. He said, down south, they might refer to the snow and ice as the storm of the century. Up north, we know it as Thursday. <laughs> This year especially. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was just perfect. (laughs) Well, we have a lot of guests lined up for you today. We have uh, uh, our first guest is, what are we calling that segment again? The horse show mom thing. What are we calling it? 
Uh, horse mom. Horse did mom. Did we have a cool name? Did we have a cute name? I thought for you because came up with a did, cute name the other day, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, so. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! We come up with stuff and we can't remember. And you have to why say our last name because I always mess it up. So I'm gonna let you mess it up. I like. I don't understand why we like produce the show. <laughs> How is it possible that we see? We don't have a producer. Of, oh that's my. it. It's just the two of us. That's our problem. It's the so we're gonna just call it's true the horse mom update and it's with Marlene Lewenberger. <laughs> Jennifer just popped in and said, "I heard that." See, if Jennifer <laughs> was producing this show, we wouldn't have a problem. Be, I know this. It'd be all organized. You, you forget <laughs> that I worked for Jennifer at I one know. point. It was the best job I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, okay. So we have Marlene. Is it Lewenberger? Lewenberger. Lewenberger. Okay. So you can't. You still can't say it. She was Even on with I us. Repeated. Sorry, Marlene. She was on with us about a month ago and was so fascinating. We thought we'd have her back on a regular basis. Yes, yes, yes. She's going to talk about um, what life is like as a horse mom. She's a horse mom. She, she's a horse person herself, and she has two teenage daughters who ride, both with different motivations, um, and what it's like to uh, really just a day in the life of a horse mom. But we we got caught up over the last month. And she, uh, she, you know, we know we have a lot of listeners who are horse moms and who listen to this show, and I think all of them will be able to relate to, to, her, to her chat. Then we have coming up later two very, very intelligent young ladies who, uh, who actually were in an article I saw by Equestrian Magazine. The good folks over there wrote an article, and it was called 30 Under 30. And it was uh, what they said is a question magazine have decided to compile a list of 30 game changers under the age of 30. And these two young ladies certainly are that, and we are happy to have them on the show today to talk about their lives and why they, why they ended up in this uh, Equestrian Magazine article. So all of that is coming up on today's show. But first, let's take a break and hear about a show that's going on this weekend, starting on Friday the 14th. If you're down there in Tennessee, you're going to want to go get warm. Well, this is an indoor event for you. It's the Southern Equine Expo. What better way to warm up than to get out the credit card and buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Southern Equine Expo. Let's hear about that. If you are looking for a cure for the winter blues, then the Southern Equine Expo is the answer. Formerly the Southern Horse Bonanza, the Expo will return to the Tennessee Miller Coliseum in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on February 14th through the 16th. During this event, attendees will enjoy clinics presented by nationally known horsemen, educational seminars, and hands-on demonstrations. And new to this year's Expo are competitions including a blacksmith and farrier competition and a youth ranch horse challenge. Many past guests of the Horse Radio Network will be clinicians at this fantastic event. Chris Cox, Tammy Crawford, Dick Peeper, Chase Dodd, Lisa Waisaki, Mark and Miranda Lyon, and so many more covering a diversity of disciplines. Our good friend Wayne Williams of Speaking of Horses will be doing the announcing. Plus, it is one of the most affordable expos in the country at only $9 for adults for advanced tickets. Oh, did I mention the shopping? There is lots of it, and who doesn't need a shopping fix in the middle of February? If you live anywhere near Tennessee, plan a trip to Murfreesboro for the Southern Equine Expo, presented by Tartar Farm and Ranch Equipment. That's February 14th through the 16th. Visit them online for all the details at southernequineexpo.com.
And we're bringing back a segment we had last month, and we're calling this one The Horse Mom. And we've got Marlene from New Jersey. She has two daughters who ride. She rides herself. Um, She's not new to the horse thing, but she's going to give us a really cool perspective on what it's like to be a horsewoman and a horse mom. And in New Jersey, she's, I'm going to call it suffering, from the same ailment that we are. It's called Winter. Welcome back, Marlene. Hi. So you're freezing. I'm freezing. Everybody's I'm going to stay out of this conversation. <laughs> we're going to leave Glenn out because he's not freezing. And we're jealous. And we're, and we're jealous. So uh, tell us what life has been like for you in the last month. Uh, well, in the last month, uh, we're, we're very fortunate. The barn that we keep our horses um, in has um, a, a pretty nice indoor arena. So um, the kids have been continuing to ride, although you know we're probably down to about four days a week solid, rather than you know the five or six days a week that they would <coughs> typically ride um, in the warmer weather months. Do you guys um, ride when it's like under? Do you have a, a degree limit? You're like, okay, we're not riding if it's under 25 degrees. Um, anything under 20, we'll negotiate. You know, Are you kidding? Marlene's sending them out there wow, when it's minus yeah. five just to get them out of the house. I don't send them out. They want to go. <laughs> okay. All right, I mean, especially my older one, you know, like I told you, they have, they're, they're, they have a little bit different mindsets, the two of them. So, you know, Jamie, if she's got a goal and, and she's, you know, starting to try and leg her horse up for the eventing season and, she has a number of friends whose parents are nicer than I am, and they are getting their kids out of school and letting them go to Florida and North Carolina and and to to train. And um, I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. So her, com- her, her competitive it, spirit is getting her out in the barn when it's freezing. Yeah. So she she's just like, I got to go. I got stuff to do. Okay. Okay. Good. So, all right. We don't have to worry about that. I always wondered how they get their kids out to come down here for four or five, six weeks at a time. What school lets them do that? It depends a lot on the school and the state that you're in and, and everything, you know, some we've, we, as I think I've mentioned, have lived, you know, kind of all over the country and we've lived in school districts where they're kind of like, Hey, you know, that's a part of their education too. go with our blessings. Just here's your homework and, you know, keep up to date and, you know, check in with us <laughs> once in a while. Um, and, uh, but even in, in our state of New Jersey, it varies widely from district to district. Um, it's a pretty uh, horse heavy part of the country. There's a number of kids who go and do Wellington and Ocala and whatever. Um, so it depends a lot on the school district. But the problem is, is they get their funding based on their attendance. Mm-hmm. And if you're not there enough, many school districts will object. And so, for example, in our school district, Jamie could not get that as an, as an excused um, absence. It would, it would count against her in her grades, and it would be the truant officer and the whole thing, unless – and this is a really a dedicated parent, much more so than I am, the parents who go through the effort of actually withdrawing their child from school and then, you know, entering them in a homeschool or a tutoring program, wherever it is, warm weather that they're going, and then re-enrolling them when they come back. Um, but there are some school districts who are like, yeah, just keep up with your homework. Bye-bye. Wow. Uh, very Wide variation, though. Why wide couldn't variation. I find that school district? I would have done that the whole 12 years. Yeah, if I'd known that, I guess I picked wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I think I think my school district might be like that. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. This could change life. Here, Gracie, we're out of here. For the, for the winter, right? Yeah. Well, I'm always trying to figure out how I can ship everybody down to, like, Aiken for three months without, like, into, you know, school is the only the only factor that really screws up my plans, the whole school thing. Right, right. Well, and I think you can kind of, I mean, different parents have different perspectives on this, and you got to do what's right for you and your family, but... You know, for me, with two girls that ride or whatever, if our school was more lenient, shh, don't tell my husband. I mean, we'd totally be there. <laughs> um, I mean, he'd be crying about the expense like he always does. But now I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, in one ear, out the other. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and he kind of knows it. <laughs> so, so but you do you have the school thing to deal with and so do. you have um so one of your daughters is fine like you, you, it doesn't take much to get her up and out the door when it's super cold out her competitive right. spirit kind of gets her going there right. um but you know it the, the winter here that and we're in the the heart of it i mean it is just gross and frozen it's frozen everything is frozen which um you had just said before we we started taping you were telling glenn and i that your barn had pretty much shut down for a couple of days simply because it was not safe to go there because of the ice and and all that um let's talk a little bit about safety it's kind of a segue you have to be safe no matter what time of year you're riding but in particular in the winter time when the ground is really hard we take uh, a couple extra precautions I know when the ground is really hard and the horses have a little bit extra energy, we do have to take precautions. Let's talk about safety and um, your perspective as a horse mom on on safety. Um, okay, yeah. I, in in the I have a, a, a number of different perspectives that come to mind with that, but you know, sticking with the the cold weather theme, um, at least for my girls and in our family. Um, we have, you know, two very different girls with two very different horses that we're talking about. And my, my younger daughter has actually got the horse who has the greater potential to be fresh in the wintertime. And, uh, and he's a bit of a hothouse flower. In fact, they've started to nickname him Princess Peach because um, <laughs> he's a chestnut and he's kind of wimpy in the cold weather. I mean, he really prefers it to be warm and he's docile and he's got a good brain. But in the winter, um, he's just like, yeah, I think I'll throw in a few bucks over here and I think I'll spook at that bucket I've been by my whole life. And, um, and he can be a little bit of a handful and so definitely um, a lunge. Uh, particularly if you've had a couple of days where you can't get to the barn and it's and it's cold and perhaps the turnout's been limited because of the footing. Because the, I don't know about where you are, but um, around here we've had kind of mud with then snow on top, and then of course the horses and everybody walks through that, and then we got ice on top of that, and then more snow on top of that. So there's a lot of you know ankle turning kind of. Um, uh, footing out there. And so and, unless it's warm enough for them to really kind of push through that safely, I think that their turnout's getting limited. So if you go to the barn after a couple of days of being away and, and, um, uh, not riding, uh, definitely a lunge is in order. And, um, and he tends to be a little cold back too. So a lot of walking before we really start working, uh, is what she finds work works for her. My other daughter's horse, he, he could care less. He's, he's, he's very stoic and he's like, you know, whatever. And in fact, um, he decided, she told me the other day, he, uh, he decided, I think this is also because his turnout was a little bit, a little limited. He, um, 
got away from her in the cross ties. You know, he doesn't normally do that. He'll normally just stand there. He's like, yeah, he just took off. Yeah. He took blankets off and he just took off. No halter, no nothing. <laughs> he just took off and had a little jaunt a lot around the farm. And she was telling the story about chasing him, trying to punch through the, the crust on the snow and get a hold of him. Oh, that's the back. worst. That is the absolute <laughs> worst, going through that crunch in the snow. Yeah, and she said she doesn't know how he was doing it and not falling you know, but he was just, he just had really shortened up his stride and was kind of getting smart about it. So <laughs> I just said, see ya. <laughs> we have, um, I have very similar weather conditions uh, here in New England and I have to bring my horse in, depending on the weather, if it's wet outside, actually, if it's cold and wet, they won't turn them out. They'll, they'll leave them in. So uh-huh. we go up and, um, you know, we'll let them run around the indoor for a little while. And so, depending on how, you know, whether or not the horse has been ridden the day before, I'll go grab my guy and uh, put him in the indoor and just let him go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has at it, but we've got, you know, horses breaking cross ties who don't typically break cross ties. And, you know, the, the triggers are everywhere when their muscles are cold and their imaginations are going. And I swear to you, these horses have imaginations in the winter that they do not have in the summer. Oh, I, I, I completely agree with that. And, and, you know, I think definitely my younger daughter's horse is, is a great example of that because we, we were actually having the discussion around when he misbehaves, it's as much to entertain himself as anything else. You know, I just think, you know, this many months of riding indoors in the same environment over and over and over again, they're as bored with it as we are. They, they are, they are indeed. And, you know, they're, as we're talking about this, the thing that it's becoming very clear to me that safety um, in riding, especially in the wintertime, isn't just about putting your helmet on. It's about adjusting your program and managing your horse's behavior pre-ride so that when you are in the saddle, really all that you do need to worry about is that your helmet is securely fitted. Right. And that goes to proper warm-up and cool-down and having the right coolers if your horse is clipped and giving them enough time to dry if they're not, or maybe curtailing your ride so that they don't get wet. Um, you know, that's for the kid's safety and for the, the horse's safety as well. Um, as I mentioned, if you have a cold back horse that, you know, in this cold weather, if they don't have a little a little cozy on until they get warmed up, they can get a little um, ornery, which can, which can be uh, unsafe. And, um, you know, I just think in general, not just in cold weather, uh, the, the key thing is to have the right partner. You know, the kid's got to be partnered up with the right horse always. And um, they can be a little fresher in, in the wintertime, but, uh, uh, you know, even even a well-behaved horse can have their moments in any weather, and, and having that right partnership and having the kid have the, the um, what do I want to say, the leadership skills, which is as important as the riding skills, to be able to stand up to a horse that's misbehaving. That's that's good. I wouldn't have thought of, to put it quite that way. Leadership skills. Yeah, exactly. So we have some situational awareness. We have program adjustments. We have a mom kind of overseeing everything. And as always, we have an ASTM SEI approved helmet. Well, uh, we want to thank you for uh, coming back on the show with us, Marlene, and talking about what you guys are up to. You will be back next month with us, won't you? Yes, of course. Hopefully we'll have better things to talk about than the weather. 
Oh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> and we'll be a little bit closer. Legging up will be a little bit more important. I know I've started to leg my horse up for the spring hunt season, and your girls are going to be eventing. So um, we'll have to compare notes about what the next 30 days will involve. Thanks for coming back this week. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Well, as I said, we I found an article that was written by equestrian-magazine.com by Helen Murray, who put together what who she considers to be 30 of the most influential game changers in the equestrian world under the age of 30. And, uh, you know, ironically enough, when I look down through this list, Helena, about half of these we've had on our shows. I so, know. I, you know, I know. Just, just looking at all the different names, and, and uh, they've been regular guests on the shows. And we're going to have a couple of them with us today just to chat with them and talk to them. One, because they're delightful, and two, we just think that you'll like hearing their stories and, and uh, you know, appreciating who they are. The first is Ariel Weissman, who I know from years ago because she used to have her horse at the same place we boarded Beaker our horse, when we lived mm. in Lexington. So we got to know Ariel there. She's a delightful young girl who, who actually works now for, uh, for Alltech. And she's involved in a lot of the activities that Alltech does, and she'll tell us about that. So she's age 28. Uh, they have her listed as an equestrian professional, which I would say is true. She's an equestrian professional for Alltech. She has a great horse uh, that, uh, that we got to spend some time with. And she's also, I've seen her ride. She's also a very lovely rider. So here is Ariel Weissman. Well, hi, Ariel. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, thanks for having me. So good to talk to you again, hear your voice. Well, I yeah, got, you too. I got to congratulate you, 30 under 30. Now, Ariel, I have to admit, when I first saw this article come across, I thought it was the 30 most eligible under 30. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my boyfriend would not be thrilled if he heard that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, wow, Ariel made it to the most eligible bachelorette list. Oh, my goodness. And I'm it wasn't glad it that was. that's not the one I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> And I kind of, I know you pretty well, so I was like, I can't believe she agreed to that. And then I read closer, nope. and it was just <laughs> the 30 most influential under 30. So that was, yes, that was that better. I'm good with. Yeah. That I'm good with. It's, yeah, it, was, uh, it was really nice to be able to have the opportunity to be in that article. So. Well, now, you, let's tell, give everybody a little bit of history on you. Pre-Alltech days, how'd you get into horses, and what, what kind of riding did you do? Wow, okay. I've been riding since I was about four, 
And I have grew up really doing the hunters and jumpers and some equitation. And during college, I started riding with an event rider, uh, Jerry Shrink, who was the coach of our team at UMass. And so really got more into the combined training aspects of everything. And um, I competed a lot on the IHSA team in college. And then I got more and more into eventing. So I started to, you know, do that a little bit with my horse. But and as soon as I graduated, I took a job managing uh, managing a farm under um, event rider Marsha Kulak. So you know, I've kind of been in and out of numerous worlds in the horse in, in the horse industry. What led you to Alltech? I don't think I've ever asked you that actually. Well, I went back to graduate school after I finished college, and I at UMass also, and I did a uh, an MBA and a master's in sports management. And what I really wanted to get involved with was equestrian event management. So when I graduated, uh, a mutual friend told me that they were signing on to sponsor the Alltech National Horse Show for the first year and gave me a contact. So I got in touch with who now is my boss, Elizabeth Bagby. And she's like, you seem like the ideal candidate for this position. We want you to come down and work on the horse show as as an intern. So I started that just as an intern for the show, and then they kept me on to be a marketing coordinator. And then I work specifically now on all of their equine activities and I'm involved a little bit with the Alltech World Equestrian Games Preparation. Mm, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. I mean, you know, when you spend, when you put all the effort into um, all that learning, you know, your your education, and then you can combine it with something that you love. I mean, you just completely prepared yourself for the ideal job. Does it feel like the ideal job? I, I really like being able to get involved from the event management perspective for equine competitions because it's the world that I'm so familiar with and that I grew up in. But now I get to apply, you know, the things that I learned in my graduate school and, you know, the benefits of working for a big company uh, that is really, really passionate about equestrian sports, too. So it's kind of a it's a good fit for me because of that. Well, and the other thing, too, I know Alltech pretty well. I know Dr. Lyons and, and a lot of the people over there, and I know how they run the company, and it really, truly is run a, a, in a very professional, business-like way. So the things you're learning there yeah. are really going to help you in the future uh, on the business side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure being so familiar with horse equestrian competitions yourself, I mean, there's a lot of times when the management, you know, can be very different from show to show. So coming into that with, you know, the perspective of an all-tech event and what we expect and what we hope to execute at every single event, you know, can really determine whether or not we get involved with the competition. So it's it's been really interesting from that perspective to work with different teams and kind of teach them about, you know, what all-tech sees as their opportunity and why we sponsor these equestrian events and, how you know we benefit from that as a company? Well, mm. and uh, you know, I, I I think people don't realize either how how involved all tech gets when they sponsor. You know, you guys are not just sponsoring; you're there to help support. Oh and, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm going to say this. You don't have to. You don't have to even comment on it. But uh, <laughs> the, the last wag would not have gone off as smoothly as it did without the multitudes of all tech people that helped. Before the WAG and during the yeah. competition itself, you know, well, I I was actually still in school at that point, and so when I came here, I just I heard the stories of how many people we had to bring in, and uh, and just how everyone was working around the clock with the organizing committee, with the horse park, and with everybody in my team to pull it all together. 
You know, and I saw it. It sounds like it was a massive undertaking. I saw it a little bit from the outside and the inside because we were doing the World of Question Games radio show. So, you know, we, we were very right. involved with, with, with all of your cohorts over there at All Tech and helping, get, you know, in uh, getting the word out and, and pretty much every step. So I got to see it and it was really neat to see it and to really see how when, when there's a thousand little things that you never count on and you never, the first time you do an event of that size and how All Tech really did step in to, to make sure those little things were taken care of when even the committee didn't have the manpower to do it. So I give Alltech a lot mm-hmm. of credit for that. Oh, well, thank you. I sure that everyone at Alltech would be very appreciative to hear that. They are appreciative as well. Well, you know, and, and that's considering that, that when Alltech first sponsored the World Equestrian Games, all of us were sitting around going, that telephone company sponsors the World yeah. Equestrian Games? Well, you know, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so many pe- a lot of people, they know of Alltech as a sponsor, but very few of them know, like, what our core business is and how we're involved with animal health and nutrition and, you know, how to support us through equine feeds and our feed partners and things of that nature. Well, and, you know, and, and the whole company revolves around yeast, and, and Dr. Lyons, you know, always mm-hmm. said his, his life revolves around yeast, and it does. And <laughs> I thought about you guys the other day, because we were down at Orlando at one of the parks, and they had Dippin' Dot stands all over the place. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that, which, I mean, from everything from our very first product, our, uh, our yeast back to the Kentucky Ale that we have now, I mean, everything has been yeast-based, so... It, it is really true. Is I mean, everything's kind of yeast. And I still only, have only in the equine world can you have this conversation. I know. <laughs> yeah, sense. it's very true. <laughs> and I still have nightmares of taking the tour of the Alltech facilities there in Lexington, or in uh, right down from Lexington, and yeah. of the fish tanks with all those thousands of fish and their little mouths poking out of the uh, <laughs> portholes in the fish. Why tanks. were you fish? Oh See, I God! I still have nightmares yeah. of that, Ariel. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, they are uh they're happy and healthy in there for sure. Apparently they're pretty delicious too. They have oh. tell tell Helena why you have fish. <laughs> well, yeah. we have actually a very large aquaculture research area too, but I think uh the primary the primary reason is for algae production, which is something that we're getting very involved with and we have one of the largest algae producing facilities in the world here. It's part relative as new as in Winchester. There you go. That's why there's the horror fish from hell. We're really looking, looking into a lot. We're doing a lot of research right now into DHA and the effects of it on all sorts of different things and, you know, the omega-3s and 6s that you can derive from algae and how that affects nutrition. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do some new Always work. something on the hor- new on the horizon at Alltech. Yeah, if there's if anybody can smell smoke, that's my wheels turning in my brain with this little bit of information there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. Uh, of course, you have a line of horsey products, so give a quick plug for them too. Yeah, we have our Life Force range of digestive products, and they're daily digestive supplements that they work really well to help maximize the efficiency of your horse's gut and kind of just help stabilize everything in there. We have three different products. Elite, Life Force Elite for performance horses and those that are on the road. It'll help them maintain weight and condition and reduce the oxidative stress. And Life Force Formula for your more average working horse or your horses that are involved in breeding. And Life Force Focus for senior or leisure horses that just need a little bit of help to maintain their nutrition. And before we let you go, you have to tell us a little bit about what you know. I know it's not your department necessarily, but uh, how are preparations going for the WEG, and what are you hearing from France? Well, the preparations are well underway. We have a team over in Kong right now 
And I know that the test events have been have been going and they've been running fairly smoothly. And our team is primarily working on hospitality and logistics, as well as coordinating our ticketing for our feed partners and kind of working on that schedule for who's coming over when and for what events and all of those, all those kind of minor details that, that are involved. And they're doing site tours and preparation there too and working on building the Alltech Pavilion, which is something that you're probably familiar with yeah. from the 2010 yeah. Alltech Games. So they are that's being designed as well. So there you know, pl- that whole planning process, the wheels are the wheels are moving. There's a lot of moving parts but it's coming together. All right. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks, Thanks Ariel. So much. Talk to you soon. Don't miss Road to the Horse International 2014 at the Kentucky Horse Park, March 14th through the 16th for the World Championship of Colt Starting. Watch Dan Steers from Australia, Antoine Clough from Switzerland, Jonathan Field from Canada, and the first-ever Road to the Horse wildcard competitor. They all face off to see who will walk away with the title of world champion. Watch, learn, and be inspired to reach a higher level of horsemanship at Road to the Horse. Plus, enjoy our largest shopping experience yet. Find out more at RoadToTheHorse.com. Well, Helena, I'm very excited to chat with the next guest, who I think I met briefly at uh, in Lexington at one point. Her name is Rachel Campbell. She's 24 years old, and they have her listed as a para-equestrian groom. And she, she was that. Now she's more of a student. She'll tell us about that. But uh, Rachel groomed for Jonathan Wentz, which people will recognize that name here on the Horse Radio Network. He's a guest a number of times and also was a Paralympian in the London Olympics for the United States team. And... Shortly after the Olympics, he passed away of, of natural causes, and uh, there was there was a, we did some shows on that, and had you know, I think recently one of the shows had his mom uh, on, and uh, just a nice kid who really had a dream to go to the Olympics, and he made it. He made it to the Olympics, and unfortunately passed away shortly after that. And Rachel Campbell was uh, Jonathan's groom, and went to the Olympics with him. So let's talk to Rachel about her life and what it was like to be with Jonathan as a groom. Well, hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. So good to have you. Congratulations, girl. You're in the 30 Under 30 in Equestrian Magazine. I saw that, and I think you and I had met at some point in Kentucky uh, during, I don't know which event it was, but I think we have met in the past when you were, when you were grooming for Jonathan Wentz, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we met briefly. Now, you, uh, you've you had some experiences in life, but tell us how you got to be a groom and, and uh, a little bit about your horsey background. Okay. Um, well, I've kind of been involved with the horses before I got involved with the Paralympic um, movement. So um, I've just been riding um, at North Texas Equestrian Center with Kai Hunt, and um, I competed in the juniors and the young riders, and... Um, through that, I kind of got connected with Jonathan and um, just kind of uh, kicked off a friendship, and that kind of led into um, being more involved with the Paras and then eventually getting invited to go uh, to be a groom at the Paralympics in London. Now, how cool was that? Oh, my goodness. It was definitely an experience of a lifetime, let me tell you. Yeah. Tell us, what, tell us a little bit about it. What, what were the highlights for you? It's very hard for me to pick just, you know, a highlight reel, but um, 
I would have to say I really enjoyed getting to meet everybody. Uh, we went to Gladstone, New Jersey uh, first before we actually went to London. And at that point, we got to meet all the horses and meet the team and um, some of the coaches and trainers and um, just to forge friendships with everybody. And um, then I think one of the biggest things for me was opening ceremonies in London. We got to I got to walk with Jonathan, and um, that was just incredible. And you know, watching the Winter Olympic uh, Winter Olympics um, this week and their opening ceremonies kind of brings back a whole bunch of memories and. Um, how extraordinary that experience was. Um, but, you know, when Jonathan was riding and training there, you know, that was really good to see him and see all the team, um, you know, learn and kind of uh, compete and share the center line with everybody. Um, so it was just all of the experiences are probably my favorite. What and do you, you think that, that, how did you feel about um, doing your job at, at such an uh, overwhelming, wonderful, exciting place? Um, you still need to focus on doing what you do best and what, what got you there in the first place. Did you have any trouble kind of separating the, um, you know, the excitement of the venue from what you were there to do? Um, I think the, you know, contagious, like, passion of all the writers and trainers really just kind of fueled my focus um you know Richter uh he's he's such a great horse and so easy and low maintenance um that it was easy just to kind of integrate our daily routine into what was happening uh, you know as a whole around the Olympic grounds so what happened what's what what's up with Richter now oh he's uh he's been taking a little bit of time off and um just kind of enjoying the a life of uh, a horse that's been to the Olympics. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of the people, some of the kids ride him at the barn. Uh, I know that some of the pairs got to, um, you know, ride him a little bit uh, the last couple months. But um, he's just kind of taking it easy and, um, yeah, living the life. <laughs> Did he get a big head when he came back from the Olympics and was, like, all bragging at the barn and stuff? I'm sure he was telling all of his turnout buddies what he had just experienced. He's like, yeah, guys, let me tell you where I've been. <laughs> so, so what are you doing now? What, what you're, you're pursuing a master's degree, right? Yes, I am. So I'm actually talking to you from Southern Methodist university. Um, so I'm, I'm there getting my master's in geology and, um, hopefully I have a, I have about a year and a half left and, uh, Hopefully, I'll be staying in the South doing some oil and gas work with a geology degree. Oh, wow. That's terrific. You know, and it, that, that's an industry where there's always jobs, especially if you're a geologist. <laughs> well, let's cross our fingers, but yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> Are you riding anymore right now? Yes. Um, you know, I haven't shown in a long time, um, just because after I turned 21, I kind of wanted to focus on my school and get that... Um, you know, as a solid foundation, and um, I never really wanted to be a professional in the horse business, so um, that's kind of why geology is taking the forefront right now, but um, I still have uh, my horse, uh, Wendango, and I ride him about four to five times a week, and um, he's, he and I just kind of are taking it easy. Um, my little sister, Anna, she rides, and um, she's going to, you know, do the juniors and young riders in the next couple of years, so I just... I'm happy to kind of share the horse stuff with her and um, enjoy watching her learn and, and show. Now, 
as far as grooming is concerned, is that something you would recommend to to other teenagers? Well, I think that, I mean, that's a good question. I think the grooming for me um, kind of came a little bit naturally just because the way, um, you know, I've been exposed to horse care and, um, and that's to Kai Hawk's credit. I mean, he really... He teaches a lot now, of different things. Just to clarify, Kai training. Kai mm-hmm. was was Jonathan's trainer and also yours, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good clarification. Um, but so I just kind of fell into the grooming, and it, I, I decided that I loved it, and um, mostly I was there to to help um, and support Jonathan and Richter. And um, would I recommend that to teenagers? Um, I think it's good to always get a good foundation of horse care. So, I mean, if that's if you want to be a groom, that opens a lot of doors for you. And um, I, I think that's a great path. Um, but I also really enjoy the riding um, portion of, horse, you know, of horses. And um, I guess those two things hand in hand is what I enjoy most. How, where did you um, where did you get the knowledge to get into grooming? And did you was it a learn as you go type of thing, or did you already have a solid foundation of horsemanship and horse care before you you started focusing on grooming? I think it would be the latter, uh, and again, that's the Kai's credit. Um, you know, I think the solid foundation was there because of the things that you know he's instilled in all of his riders, and um, I just because I kind of had that solid foundation, I just kind of built upon that. And I think also, you know, the, like the etiquette and the kind of customs and, um, you know, how the format usually goes for like the Olympics. Obviously I hadn't been to the Olympics before, but like I've had experience, you know, at CDIs and at Young Riders. And, um, so it was certain common threads, um, that I was able to, you know, relate to for the Olympics, if that makes any sense. Well, and then you got you you got really fortunate in that the Olympics you ended up going to was in London, and you know one of the coolest I think in the in the past uh, twenty years is was the London Olympics. So, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely, everything yeah. the facilities are great, and um, yeah, I cannot say enough good. Well, wait a minute, you actually had a door and a, and doorknobs that worked, and toilet paper, and <laughs> things like that at yours. I know, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything was absolutely beautiful. We were in Greenwich, and um, um, I can just remember everything very green, like the trees and the grazing areas and um, the arenas. I mean, I just I could go on and on, um, but everything was very, very nice. Well, congratulations again, Rachel. We we really appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, I I truly believe, like Equestrian Magazine, that you deserved uh, to be in that group. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so very much. That's very flattering. I really appreciate it. And good luck in school. Yes, we <laughs> wish you the best. That's the hardest challenge yet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So we have something a little bit different this week. We're not going to do a Tack and Habits segment on Stable Scoop because um, Sissy and I covered a lot of stuff from Ada. And this week's Chasing a Fox episode is just us blabbing away about all the really cool things we found at the winter edition of the American Equestrian Trade Association. 
And I listened to it. It was a great show. And, and if you haven't listened to Chasing a Fox yet, even if you're not interested in fox hunting, Helena and Sissy are a lot of fun. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to be interested in fox hunting. They're a lot of fun. And there's some good style tips. We definitely dish on what, well, there's a, we do talk about how to wear the right shoes at a, at a trade event. <laughs> there's a strategy. I had no idea. You know what's funny is I've met her a couple times now at these events and had dinner and everything. And she's so much fun. Sissy, your, your co-host. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> she's just a trip. And I don't think of her as a mom. So when she talked about, because I've never met the family, you know, I've only ever met her. So when she talks about being a mom, it sort of took me back. How old are her kids? Um, she has two boys. One's 13 and the other's 11. Oh, they're at that age where they start hating mom too. <laughs> like, oh, well, I, no, you know what? She has a really good relationship with her kids. I mean, obviously like, like any mom, right. <laughs> like any horse mom, we're all like, can our kids just leave us alone so we right. can play with our horses? <laughs> so there's always that balancing act. And she just, she's hysterical. She has a great sense of humor and she's real, you know, like when her kids come off the bus, she's like, oh, geez, they're home, you know, <laughs> but she has a really good relationship with them. So, um, I think that may be a little bit different than what, how people perceive her relationship with her kids, but they're, they're great boys. In fact, her younger one, Harrison, um, is the same age as Grace and they're a lot alike. And I don't know if it's because Sissy and I are a lot alike or because it's just what it means to be 11, but we get a kick out of comparing notes. And when we go to Ada, we get to just be grownups. So it was, <laughs> it's fun. We do talk about Glenn. We talk about the, um, the plates full of, uh, how Sissy scored plates and plates full of fortune cookies. Oh, yes. Saying, and she would have never gotten guy. those had it not been for me. I'll have you know. With my, what do you mean? With my suggestion of how she could get them. Yes, that's true. She started out with the, you're a good guy, I'm a good guy, and somehow Glenn slipped in the sexy girl thing, and next thing you know, we're getting plates and plates of fortune cookies. So tune into Chasing a Fox for that story. It was pretty funny. Very good. Chasing a Fox. You can find it at uh, chasingafox.com or also at horseradionetwork.com or on our app. If you haven't downloaded our app yet, please go do that. Over 30 countries now, people have downloaded the apps. Uh, so just go to iOS or Android App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. You can get all of our shows. It's very simple, very easy to do. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to listen to all the shows there, all on w- in one little place on your phone. Best way to do it. Ah, easy. Well, well, that's it, Helena. You have to go shovel, so I'll let you go. Go shovel and dry off and all that fun stuff. Horses are taken care of, and everybody is good. And did you get your pursed pipes fixed? Um, part of them in the barn because you burst pipes <laughs> yeah. this year. You've had a heck of a winter. Oh, we burst pipes and a window was broken. We think some huge eagle type of bird smashed into one of the oh, barn geez. windows <laughs> upstairs on the second story. So you know it wasn't a horse. Um, oh yeah, it's just been the winter of fun. <laughs> Well, I'll let you go back to it. Hey, everybody, we're wishing you safe travels. Be careful out there. Uh, be careful walking, riding, uh, driving, whatever you're doing. Be careful out there, and we're thinking about you. We're thinking nice, warm spring thoughts. It'll be here in a month. Promise. It'll be here. It'll yeah. be here. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Take care. We'll see you, Helena. That's it. All right. Bye. No, you didn't do your closing. I know, because you didn't set me up for it. Well, Helena, that's it for this week. <laughs> That's plenty, Glenn. There will be more next week. And until then, happy scooping. 